What does it mean when you are a new person? It means you don't do the same things as you once did. You don't look the same even. You don't carry yourself the same. You don't believe the same things you once believed. You have a new purpose. You have new thoughts. You have a new driving force. You have new beliefs. You yourself are new. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs. It's your host, Danielle Mason, and we're going to talk today about becoming, becoming a new creation. What does this mean? And you may be familiar with this concept if you are a believer, if you've been walking with the Lord. And this has really been a new concept for me over the last couple of years. And it still shocks me, like literally shocks me to my core of how true this is and how we do become a new creation when we decide to start walking with Jesus. So I want to break this concept down and give you an example. You know, as we get older, we see things differently. We aren't as innocent or trusting as we were when we were kids because we've experienced betrayal, hurt, just the imperfect human life, right? We're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. We all hurt other people at some point in our life. And you can think about that concept as we dive into today's topic of becoming a new creation. Now, most of you listening value change. You value growth. You value learning new perspectives. But the new creation we're going to talk about today is the person you experience once you learn the truth of Christ, once you surrender your life to follow Jesus. Some of you have probably experienced what I'm about to talk about, and some of you may not have experienced it yet, which is totally fine. You have something exciting to look forward to. And I'm going to talk about what that looks like today. There's many scriptures that talk about this concept of becoming a new creation, and I'm going to quickly share a few. So if you have your Bible, you can follow with me or jot these down. I'm also going to give these to you at the end of this episode too, so don't worry. But 1 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Okay, follow me here, okay? I know the wording in the Bible sometimes is a little umph, right? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Ezekiel 11.19 and 20, And I will give them one heart, And I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statues and keep my audiences and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I know we said a lot of scripture, but let me break these down. You know, when I first read or heard these scriptures in church or when I was younger, or when people would post them to their walls, they didn't really hit me like they do today. I didn't fully understand the meaning behind them. 
in all three of these scriptures, they are stating this main theme that if any man or woman becomes a Christ follower, which means to die to themselves, their flesh, then they become a new creation. Now, it's very easy to read over these verses quickly and think lightly of what's actually being said here. But I want to ask you something. Have you ever thought that you could become a completely different person to see things differently than you've seen before? Now, this started for me when I first got exposed to new possibilities, when it came to financial opportunity in my life, when I saw a guy on stage making $100,000 a month, all right? This also happened when I started learning more about the mind and personal development. And you may have had similar experiences and quote-unquote awakenings, but what we're talking about throughout this episode today is a spiritual awakening being unblinded, being able to see things that were right in your face, yet you couldn't see the truth in them because you didn't know Christ. You didn't know truth. You still belong to this world. You only have two options here, and there's no in-between. You either belong to this world or you belong to Christ. That's it. And when you belong to the world, it's hard for you to see the truth and realities of the world we live in. You see surface-level things. You see what's right in front of you, but you're unaware of what's happening spiritually. Now, you may not be a believer and you may be saying to yourself, well, Danielle, I know there's a spiritual realm. I know we're spiritual beings. I know there's a higher power of some sort at work here. And if that's you, that's great that you acknowledge that. I was in the same headspace as well when I first started my personal development journey. I believed in manifesting to the universe and believed in the power of self that I could create and form things with the power of my mind. But I quickly learned that wasn't the case that I, I wasn't the one in charge here. I wasn't the creator of myself or my future, just me alone. And I was still so blind to what was really going on. And if that's you right now, I would totally recommend watching a past episode of mine titled Answering Your Questions on Spiritual Things Part 1, and that is episode 8. It's an amazing episode that will expand your knowledge on spiritual things and give evidence on who Jesus is and if the Bible is trustworthy or not. But back to living blindly, I want to dive into this and give a personal testimony here. When I gave my life to Christ, like truly repented of the life I was living, my sins and made my statement in my heart that Jesus was my Lord and Savior, I first felt this overwhelming gratitude and joy. Those were my first emotions. I felt gratitude because I could finally see that the life I was living was so selfish, sinful, wrong, and so temporary. I could clearly see the self-destructive habits and thoughts I had that I thought were the definition of fun, meaningless sex, random hookups, binge drinking to get drunk and black out, cursing, pursuing money and status. All these things that had once felt so fun had meaning in my life and felt good to do, it started to feel so meaningless, unattractive, and foolish to me. I started to see so clearly how the enemy had those strongholds over me. He led me down that path to get further and further away from the truth, to get further and further away from God. Which I've learned that when you are living a life without God, it means you're living a life without good, without light, without love. How is that possible? Because God is good. 
He is light. He is the definition of love. The enemy is everything opposite of that. He is pride. He is darkness. He is evil. He is destruction. He is greed. He is doubt. He is fear. He is shame. It was like a blindfold had come off of my eyes once I actually started my walk with the Lord. Now, one thing I do want to say is this doesn't all just happen at once. I mean, it can, but typically it's a process and an individualized journey that we all experience. The main thing that will transform you and take the veil off your eyes is spending time in the Word of God. I went so long just praying here and there and not picking up my Bible or just reading a devotional. And I can tell you that just gave me like a little, a little dazzle, like It gave me like a little bit, but whenever I actually started my mornings, not checking my phone, going to the word, sitting in prayer, journaling, spending that time with God, I started to change. I started to become a different person. I started to see things differently. Just like how if you have a business or you you have a job, if you don't show up for your business, if you don't show up for, for work, your skill sets are going to decrease, right? Like in sales, this is a great example with sales. If you don't practice the skill sets with sales, you are going to, to lose them. Same thing if you don't cultivate this relationship with God and take these actions of reading the word and praying and just spending time with God your transformation to the extent that God has for you, the person that God has you to become, that process won't start until you do those things. And this is where believers can stunt their growth, fall back into the ways of the world, and even have different opinions on major topics like abortion or sex before marriage. It's because they aren't reading the living word of God. It's very clear that God designed sex to be in the covenants of a marriage and that killing a baby in the womb is murder. Both things I did and both things I had to learn, I had to have that veil taken off my eyes, that those things aren't God's will and that they are sin. And of course, there's more to God's word, but I pick those two because I have personal experience with those two. And it's really so hard to explain, honestly, if it's something you haven't experienced before. It's like trying to explain what it feels like to jump out of a plane. It's a thing that you just have to do. You have to be there to experience. You have to go through that to feel all the emotions. It's like learning about harsh chemicals in your favorite snack, beauty products, or cleaning supplies. You were never aware of what was actually in them and consumed them all the time. But once you learned, it's like you enter this entirely different world of reality. Now, if you haven't checked the ingredients of your stuff that you're using, (laughs) side note, go ahead and do that, okay? Because you're going to be shocked. But I don't want to get off track. Now, I've only been walking with the Lord coming up on two years now. I know there's things that I'm still unaware of and that I'll learn as I continue my journey with God. So I'm well aware that I do not know everything and I'll never know everything. But as of right now in the season I'm in, this has been the biggest thing that literally shocks me still to this day. It's how Jesus turns you into a whole new person, into a new creation. What does it mean when you are a new person? It means you don't do the same things as you once did. You don't look the same even. You don't carry yourself the same. You don't believe the same things you once believed. You have a new purpose. You have new thoughts. You have a new driving force. You have new beliefs. You yourself are new. That verse in Ezekiel 11, 19 through 20. 
and I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. God is saying, you belong to me now. We are one. What does that mean? It means you went from having this heart that was controlled by the world, aka the enemy, aka Satan, to a softened heart where you are more sensitive to God's laws. They're written on your heart. And honestly, we all have God's laws written on our heart, believing in, in Jesus or not. We all have that moral code. We all believe murder is wrong. We all believe that lying is wrong, stealing is wrong, right? And that's proof that God's law is written on our hearts. But when you become a new creation, you are more sensitive to his word. Your heart starts to break for the things that God's heart breaks for. How beautiful is this? This is something only God can do. And this is why no one can tell me he doesn't exist because there is no way that the old Danielle could have become this new Danielle with the help of self-help books, therapy, or just from myself. Look, I was, I was on that journey of personal development for a while, for probably a year before I really started to dive into the Bible and who God was. And I did experience change within my mind and within myself. But like, again, it's this indescribable next level, new life transformation that you just really have to experience for yourself. If I had to sum it up in two words, I would say it's this overwhelming peace and joy that you get. And, you know, this new Danielle was born because of the grace and power of God. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is what you see. Praise God for that. And I've literally seen this transformation happen within my family, people becoming new creations. It's only something God, our creator, can do within us. Now, if you are someone who believes in Jesus, but noticing that you haven't had a change of heart or you notice that you, ha you have a hardened heart to the sin in your life and you aren't experiencing this conviction or you feel anger when I talk about a certain sin or somebody else talks about a certain sin on social media, I first want to say I'm so happy that you made it to this point in the episode and to this podcast. And the fact that you're listening because that shows that you do have an open mind and there's a part of you that does want more of a relationship with God and you want to be this new creation. Know that God wants a relationship with you too. And he sees your heart. He sees that desire that you have to grow closer to him. Second, I would encourage you to just pray this prayer. Second, I don't want you to compare yourself to my journey or anybody else's journey. Your walk with God is specific and individual to you. And thirdly, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer and just pray, Lord, I'm struggling to understand your ways. I desire a closer relationship with you. I want to be a new creation in Christ. God, I ask that you test my heart, know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Take my heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. Help me hate the things that you hate. Love the things that you love. Have the desires of your heart and see the things you see. Bring my sight out of this world and set it on heavenly places. Help me follow your path, God. I need you. I submit my life to you. I want to follow you with all my heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You can save this prayer for later, or it doesn't even have to be exactly that. 
but just talk to God about what you're struggling to understand and he will meet you where you're at. Remember, it is a process and God wants you to wrestle with him. Now, this is a part that really shocked me. You know, whenever I was thinking about, okay, being a Christian or being a follower of Jesus, I felt like I had to like live this perfect and holy life. And I didn't really want to do that. That wasn't enticing to me at the time. And it was very intimidating. But whenever I learned that God is literally just the perfect father, what does a perfect father do? He wants you to come to him and to ask him questions. He, he loves you no matter what. He is always there to pick you up when you fall. He doesn't judge you at all. He doesn't shame you for the things that you've done. He doesn't shame you for your thoughts. He wants you to speak to him about these things because he can help you. He is the source. So when you have questions or you're struggling with something, the Bible says, he invites you to speak with him about it. He wants to be the first place you go and turn to. I would also encourage you to get a Bible that helps you study and read the word if you don't currently have one at the moment. It is so, so, so important to be reading God's word every single day. I don't know if I've, I'm emphasizing this enough in, in this episode or not, but even if it's just one verse, prayer and being in the word is how you grow your relationship with God, how you become more like Jesus and truly transform into a new creation, into the person that you truly want to be. The final thing I recommend here is getting into a community of believers in person with them at least once a week. We weren't created to walk this alone and having an in-person community is powerful. Let me tell you, I didn't ever really desire to go to a church or I would just watch church online, but the difference in being in a community, being surrounded, worshiping with other believers, getting in small groups, life groups, and just having this community where you guys all have this, this, this singular focus and it's to, to grow in your relationship with God, to come as you are, to come imperfect, to come with your, with your struggles and to be real in this environment. Of course, finding a church where you feel comfortable at home, where you can be yourself and unjudged. There are so many great churches like that. I promise that really will help your walk and you will feel so much closer to the Lord and to his people once you do find that that fellowship and get into a habit of fellowshipping with other believers weekly. I'll use business as an example again. If you're somebody who understands that your network of people that you have around you is powerful, how do you grow in a business setting? How do you grow in marketing? How do you grow in your skills of whatever path that you're in? You go and you get around of people who have been walking that path longer than you. That's exactly what you get when you go to a church and when you go to be in fellowship with other believers who have been walking with the Lord longer than you. There's so much wisdom that can be in that room that can be shared with you. Now, I got to talk about it, okay? Because becoming this new creation isn't all a high, okay? Being a follower of Jesus isn't a breeze. It's quite the opposite. Until we leave this world that's controlled by the enemy, think about it. We live in a world that is controlled by the enemy. Now, if we are on an opposing side of the enemy's playground, what's going to happen? We are going to have crazy battles. We are going to be attacked. It's just part of this life here, okay? And when you think about this from a spiritual standpoint, which I encourage you to do because we're all spiritual beings having this physical experience, we all have good angels and fallen angels fighting over us. Their goals are quite simple. The good angels are fighting for us to walk in light 
and the fallen angels are fighting for us to fall back and walk in darkness. Every single battle that you experience, understand that there's spiritual warfare around you, whether it be feeling shame from something in your past, worrying about your future, or acting out of anger on a loved one. We won't win every single battle. God knows I do not. We will not pass every test. We're imperfect, and that's the very reason God sent Jesus to die for every single one of us. There is not one person that you will meet on this earth that Jesus did not die for, believing it or not. We will fall, but I want to equip you with how you can put up a fight and a good fight. Once you surrender your life to Christ, your battles become not your own. You don't have to control every single situation or outcome that happens in your life. For my control freaks out there, you're talking to your, to, to your friend here, okay? Because I'm a fellow control freak. Let me say that again. You don't have to control every single situation or outcome that happens in your life. And in fact, God doesn't want us to be in control. This was a lesson that was very hard for me to learn, how to let go of control. God wants us to live in complete dependence on Him. And let me just tell you from personal experience, you gain so much more peace when you let freaking go and tell Jesus that you're trusting Him with this. There's a peace and confidence that you start walking with because you know you have the king guiding you and he knows better than you do. So as a new creation, you gain peace. Listen, I give everything up for peace. All right, how many situations, how many moments in your life you're like, you know what, this is just ruining my peace. I don't have time for this, okay? Peace is everything. Your peace is so expensive and that's a free gift that Jesus gives you. Now, I want you to leave here with things that you can implement in your life when it comes to fighting your battles as a new creation and what to expect. So you can expect to be looked at funny when you express your faith. You can expect to be considered weird or silly for believing in Jesus and believing that prayer works. You can expect for people to watch you more closely because of the sole fact that you consider yourself a Christian, because they want to see if you've truly changed, if there really is a difference in you. And that is why it's important to never go a day without communicating with your source, with God, without cultivating your relationship with Him, because our goal as believers and followers of Jesus should be to look, think, and act more like Jesus, even though we are going to be imperfect in it. So how can we do that if we don't know about Him? How can we imitate somebody we don't know? How can we make disciples of all nations if we don't learn how Jesus and His disciples did it? Believe it or not, but there's like the spotlight on you now. Remember the spiritual warfare happening, opposing sides, right? This is just, this just happens. So for one, new believers who are looking to you for guidance and direction on how to live their life, that will be the first group of people that will be watching you. Secondly, there will be people that watch to see how your life changes because deep down, they're searching for something too. They're searching for something real, for transformation. They're searching for truth. And deep down, we all know that God is real and we desire a relationship with the one who created us. And the third group of people is going to be non-believers who are looking for reasons to say 
yeah, I knew that Jesus thing was a fluke or they're just a bunch of hypocrites or whatever they have to say about us, right? Some are literally waiting for that moment. Now, this isn't to say that you have to be perfect or people's salvation is in your hands because both of those are very false. Only God can save. Only the Holy Spirit can bring salvation to people. But I want to shed some light about the hypocrite part. So that really comes from Christians who don't own up to their faults or say one thing and live a completely different life or they're like the Pharisees. They only practice religion, but their heart isn't in the right place to have that real relationship with God. They're just doing the right things, quote unquote, going to church, tithing, etc. But they're pointing out what everybody else is doing wrong and everybody else's sin when they really should be looking at themselves and doing that heart check because their heart isn't in the right place. It can come from other reasons as well. You know, people could have had church hurt or have had just one conversation with somebody who said the wrong thing. There's so many different things that can happen to make somebody really despise believers. But again, it's that spiritual warfare, an attack on us that we have to be aware of. And they don't know what they don't know, right? We came from a place where we were blind. And looking back, like, I was so blind. And so like Jesus said, he was a perfect example, right? He said, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do when they were crucifying Jesus. So that just shows us to love people, to really love people and forgive people and to understand that they are living blindly. They can't see the truth. So to have grace and to have love for those people and focus on what we can focus on, which is developing our relationship with God and developing our character and to work on our becoming. So no matter what we do, we won't be able to prevent all people from saying things like that. But when your heart is in the right place, actively seeking God, people won't help but to see the fruits that you bear. What are the fruits? Their love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is another word for patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. People will see something different about you. They will see the Holy Spirit working actively inside of you. They will see a real change, not a superficial change that comes from the heart, a change that's undeniable, a change that will make them say, there's something different about you. There's something different about her. There's something different about him. Now, lastly, how can we win a battle that doesn't belong to us? In other words, when we're struggling with something as we enter into this new creation, How can we fight our battles now that we know the power of God that lives inside of us? Something beautiful that we have awareness around now is that we don't need human plans or methods to win our battles. We have God's mighty weapons that are available to us as we fight the enemy's tricks and strongholds. Those weapons are found in Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one 
take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. I highly, highly recommend, no matter where you're at in your relationship or walk with the Lord, to jot that down. That is a prayer that is great to pray over yourself. Like every morning, that's a prayer that's great to pray over your household or whoever. It's a great prayer to have in your back pocket when you do feel the strongholds of the enemy. So those weapons, they're prayer, faith, hope, love, God's word, and the Holy Spirit. Nothing can pierce through those walls and barriers Satan puts up like God's weapons can. This goes for the simplest things like having a tough conversation with a loved one or a job interview or a business strategy to nightmares or to a friend's salvation. Maybe you're somebody that's asking, how can I make my prayers stronger? How can I be stronger woman or man of God? I'll tell you this, the more you walk in obedience, and dependence on the Lord, the stronger your prayers become. The more you walk in disobedience and independence from the Lord, the more your prayers become less strong. So if you have secret sin in your life or you're holding on to something or you haven't surrendered something over to the Lord, I encourage you to just bring that to Him, to lay that at His feet, to get somebody that you know, a sister or a brother in Christ that you know is strong in their faith to pray over you, to help you through that. So this is going also back to the importance of the three habits of prayer daily, reading the word daily and being in fellowship at least weekly. That is how you can grow deeper and deeper in your relationship with the Lord. You're looking for a secret? That's it. That's the secret formula, okay? That's how he will shape you more and more into a soldier guided by his spirit. The more you do those habits, the more you become the new creation and step into the new life God has for you. Man, I know I spoke on a lot today, so I want to wrap up this episode with the big overarching ideas and takeaways for you today. The first one, remember these scriptures, 1 Corinthians 5.17, Galatians 2.20, Ezekiel 11.19-20. They remind you that you are a new creation in Christ. So when doubt starts to creep up, when old habits or thought patterns start to creep up, remind yourself that you are a new creation and those things don't have power over you. You have power over those things. And you will experience this transformation as you continue to walk with the Lord and submit your heart to His ways. I have seven points, by the way, just so you're aware. The second thing, there's only two ways to live. The first way is in the world, and the second way is in Christ. There's no in-between, and how you want to live is your decision. Number three, becoming is a process. It typically doesn't happen overnight. It takes you doing those three habits, prayer, being in the Word, and fellowship, to continue to cultivate your relationship with the Lord and allowing Him to help you in your becoming. Number four, God is a God that wants you, his daughter or son, to wrestle with him. If you agree with every single thing the Bible says the first time you read it, I mean, come on, you're a special one, okay? Because I definitely know that when I read the Bible and go to it, it sometimes puts daggers in me. It's supposed to do that. So there will be things that you struggle with coming to terms with, and it's meant to stir things up inside of you. Take your questions to God first. And then if you need more help to somebody that you know that has been walking with and serving the Lord for a while so they can help you too. Number five, 
as a believer, people are watching you closely. How are you choosing to show up in the world today? Number six, the more obedient you are, the stronger your prayers get. So I encourage you, an action step today, seriously, is whatever you're holding on to. God already knows what you're what you're hiding in secret. I'll share, I'll share something that I struggled with too, so you don't feel alone. Whenever Jamar and I were going through pre-engagement counseling, something we were struggling with, and the reason why we went was because we were struggling with having premarital sex, you know? So you're not the only one that is struggling currently with something and you feel shame or you feel guilty or maybe you don't with certain things. But what I did and what we did was we took it to the God and we took it to a professional, right? We took it to beyond us because it was just us in that circle, right? And us in our struggle. And so we took it to, there was a prayer room. We took it to the prayer room. We had a couple of elders pray over us and they recommended to go to the youth pastor. And that's how we went into pre-engagement counseling and then got married. So voila. (laughs) But I just want to share that because it's so easy for the enemy to highlight those things that you're afraid to, to share with God to make you feel shameful and to make you feel like God won't love you anymore or that you can't be close with God if you are holding on to those things. So the moment that you release them, and it's going to be a process, right? You may still struggle after you talk to God about it. He doesn't expect you to do a whole 180 in one day. What he does expect you to do is your heart to do a 180 and your heart to fully want to follow his ways. And once you do that, the actions of the things that you struggle with will fall away as you pursue him. Just feel like I had to share that for the person that is struggling, okay? Do that today. And then the seventh and final thing, every battle is a spiritual battle. You can rely on God to fight for you and use his weapons versus relying on your own human capabilities. Look, I'm saying this with full 100,000% confidence You can read every single self-help book in the world or have a really great therapist that you go to regularly, but there's nothing, and I mean nothing, that can help you become a completely different, new, more joyful, loving, kind, peaceful you than Jesus can. So my friends, here's to the process of becoming. Thank you for tuning into another episode this week. I'm so grateful for you. Please, if you can, if you have a moment, rate and drop a review down below. It helps the show expand to more people so they can be impacted or share your biggest takeaway on social media. Tag us. Our social media is at Blackouts to Breakthroughs. I would love to see those. And until next week, bye for now. All right, let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.